that worked in the original works less well in the so-so sequel, blunting even the star power emitted by its high-profile villains. That's Brian Lowry, our feature film this week. We're talking about Shazam! Fury of the Gods. That's our new film. As far as our old movies, a double bill here of Wag the Dog and This Boy's Life. I watched both these films available on HBO Max. And our wild card, well, because of the fact that Caprio really you know, really kind of made his way in this boy's life. I was inspired to do his top five movies of all time. That's going to be our wild card this week. As always, a pleasure to have you with us here on Cinephile. Please go to Apple Podcasts where you can rate and review. Thanks so much to Ben Lyons and all those uh, who let us know how much they enjoyed our Oscars work from a week ago. Thanks to Dan Lepertard's show for having me on. Me and David Sampson dueling, uh, I believe, on the big suey. But maybe who knows, Chris? Maybe next year, me and Sampson will be on the red carpet. Who knows? Oh man, Ken, I, I want to go with you. For, let's forget. Let's get let's get Samson out of here. What are we talking about? That's a good point. Samson's taking too many shots at me. Why the hell would we be joining forces here? <laughs> He's trying to get me off the show. Why the hell am I trying to extend an olive branch to him? Well, get me and Cody there as well. Um, again. Thanks so much for listening to the Oscar episode. Please do support us on social media and by going on there. Um, always love the Dan Lebertard show. And I noticed this week Chris was doing something fun. You and Billy talking about entertainment infidelity. That's when you watch a show with your partner, but yes. you don't tell your partner you've already seen the show. Who is doing this? This is a crime. I did this this past weekend. I watched the first half of the first episode of, of Ted Lasso. The new Ted Lasso season's out. And I didn't tell my wife that I did it. I was like, I didn't get through the whole episode. I got through most of it one night. I was just like, I got to start this. And then didn't get through all of it. So the next day, she's like, you want to watch Ted Lasso? I don't tell her that I've seen half the first episode. I just say, yes, honey, let's watch it. And it, I don't feel good about it. It's the most dishonest thing I do in my marriage. But uh, it's just sometimes it's just not worth like, you know, it's going to be a whole thing. Oh, why'd you do it? What how? Like, I can't believe it's just it's just easier. I didn't see it, honey. Let's watch it. And in fairness to you, it wasn't the whole episode. It wasn't the whole series. It was half of one episode. You already know a couple right. of jokes. Like 20 minutes is not going to kill anybody. Right. Do you and your wife have complete honesty and open? And like, like, do you ever watch anything that you don't tell your wife? Or do you do the ultimate crime, which is you watch something and then specifically say you didn't watch it? No, that to me is the ultimate crime. I could never do that. If anything, I might have said, okay, I started this one. She might be annoyed if we're already watching the show together. But I would never get to that level. Like you said, watch it. Like Succession is coming back, right? I can't wait for Succession. I would never watch Succession without her, knowing that's a show we're both going to watch together, right? There's been instances, maybe I didn't know she was into the show. I already saw some of it, but honestly, that, that, normally that would be her issue because she's watching a lot more shows than me. I'm watching movies, as you know, as cinephiles call. Yeah. So it's, if anything, she'd be the one more liable to do it, but she knows my taste well enough to know I knew you weren't going to be interested in Netflix, whatever the hell series she's watching, so I went in and did it. This was a popular topic. I've had a lot of people reach out about this topic. A lot like Jason Latimer, the PR guy for the Marlins, was like, oh, man, me and my wife have this thing, too. Like, everybody can relate to this topic and how they handle I thought you were bringing up me and Billy doing play-by-play -play for a Marlins spring training game when you first said that. I also want to get the recap on that because major, major news in the file. One of my favorite actors, the incredible Michael Shannon, two-time Academy Award nominee, Todd Shipke reached out from Showtime, PR guy, and goes, hey, uh, Waco, the aftermath is coming to Showtime. Uh, we'd let you, love to send you a screener. Here's some of the cast. And like, I've been burned here before, right? Like you, you go and watch the movie. I have to go to New York City. I pay yeah. $45 in parking. Uh, we're going to get you Woody Harrelson. Actually, sorry, Woody couldn't do it. And I go, well, now I just wasted $45. So um, Todd seems like a genuine guy. He sends you the link. I'm like, okay, here we go. But I hadn't really watched them yet. 
And he was like, did the link work? And I'm like, yeah. I go, listen, I'll take any of the cast. I mean, you got like John Leguizamo, Shea Wig. Yeah. I'm like, obviously Michael Shannon. I go up a limb for Michael Shannon. And he's like, well, did the link work? And I'm like, oh, let me just double check. So I check the link. I'm like, yeah. I start watching the first episode. I go, yeah, link worked. Show's great. And he's like, I can get you Michael Shannon tomorrow. I go, oh my God. I'm like, I'm going to lose my mind. So I, I, I binge watched all of Waco, the aftermath that night. And I made it clear to him. I go, dude, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll take an hour. He's like, we can give you 10 minutes. I go, I'll take it. No problem. So I text my buddy Cody, hey, I got Michael Shannon lined up. And you said, no problem, but I'm calling a baseball game. You're doing color <laughs> with Billy, but I'll get somebody yes. else to set it up. Thankfully, they recorded on it, sent us the MP4, which I've now forwarded to you. So oh. it's Wake of the Aftermath is coming on April 14th. So they said, can you air it April 11th? So Michael Shannon coming soon. He was glorious. But most, more importantly, you were busy. You were detained. You're calling a baseball game. How did it go? Uh, you know, just doing color, man, like any baseball broadcaster would. No, it's definitely in our show's voice. Uh, they let the audience know, hey, Billy and Chris from a Lebitard show, this is going to be a wacky one today. So we do our hijinks. You know, I take a few cracks and do them play by play. Of course, we only play the mistakes I make on the show. No one wants to play the clips of me doing it perfectly. Um, but it's like, I have, I, you know, I know you've done play by play a lot. Not easy in baseball, especially with this new game where it's like, it's like the pitches are sped up now. So it's a little less time to talk, but yet there's still time. So it's Baseball is a tough one. As I said to Steve Levy, you don't want to talk too much. He goes, yeah, but you still have to talk. Like, it's not like where you can just right. lay out. Like, it, there is 20 seconds between pitches between you. you need to say something. You can't just go, here's yeah. the pitch. Because I've, I've seen games like that. I go, this guy is nothing. He's no information. He's literally just commenting on what he's seeing. Like, you're bringing nothing to the table. Now, of course, yeah. the opposite is guys bring too much to the table, and they've got too many stats, too many stories, yeah. too much of like, bro, just let me watch the game. So you're right. It's a real happy meeting between being a baseball guy, which is, here's something interesting to Jazz Chisholm, and you give a nugget, but then you still are watching. Yeah. the game and, and saying what's happening. But I love that like ambient noise of just the game. Like, oh, 2-2 pitch and up, up and away, ball two. And then just like, let it sit. Like, I don't need to jump right in. I like that sound of like like, I don't know. I just... So there were time, there were a few times where he's just like a little too much letting it sit, guys. Like I need something from you. Yeah, and that's fair. Like I mean, but generally speaking, I'm with you. When in doubt, leave it out. And there's a broadcasting yeah. expression: let it breathe. Let it breathe means just soaking the sounds. Exactly what you said. At a ball game, I like just sitting back, eating a hot dog, and just soaking it all up. You guys were soaking it all up, and hopefully the viewers yeah. were as well. I think our audience liked it. I think if someone was tuning in, just they're like, I'm a big Cardinals fan, and I got to listen to this spring training game on the radio, they were probably like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. All right, you and I are both really nice guys. So before we get into the movies. I got to tell you this story. I've been sitting on this for a month because I didn't want to do it during the Oscar season. But now that the Oscars are over, we can indulge a little bit before we get to the movies. I go to Lids because my eldest boy wants an Eagles hat. So I go there. He's looking at the different hats. I'm also with my youngest guy who's four and a half and a terror, right? He's taking hats, throwing <laughs> stuff, shirts. I'm like, we, we, it's a very tight timeline. So I know the one he likes. Eagles green throwback. I'm like, yeah, that's what you like. He puts it on. Good. Hat size. Good. Okay, great. We go to the front. Again, four-year-old throwing stuff. She's like, oh my God, 38 sir. bucks. So yeah, we're, now we're getting there. So he's starting to climb the counter. I got to pick him up. I see some cards there. I mean, as a kid, avid card collector. Not quite Rogowski, but even Rags was impressed how many cards I brought him. By the way, which are all worthless. I collected cards at the wrong time when everyone else was, which is 91, 92, 93, 93. Yeah, Rags, like, those are all worthless. You can throw them all out. So I... I throw out all my cards. But anyways, they had some cards there. I go, hey, how much for this pack of, like, whatever, upper deck cards? Like, three bucks. I'm like, yeah, let me get a pack of upper decks for all five. How much is this uh, NFL, uh, I think it was like a score pack, four bucks? I'm like, one of those. Sure. And there was like a hockey pack. I'm like, sure. So I throw in like four packs of cards. I hand her my card because my son's now literally climbing everywhere. I go, here you go. Hands me the bill. I go, how much was it? She goes, $90. I go, 90 bucks? I go, how, how much were those cards? Because I told you, four, three, six. I'm like, you know, I got the, how much is the hat? The hat is $59. I go, what? what? There's no way. 
How is that possible? And she shows me on the brim, it says $44.99. And then somebody's handwritten in, in pen, plus 15. I said, what's the plus 15? And she shows the back and it's a logo. And I go, that logo is hideous. That, that logo is extra money? She says, yeah. I go, I didn't know that. She goes, well, there's the, there's the price tag. I, I just looked, I go, that logo is terrible. Like, do you want that? My son's like, no. I go, okay, yeah. let me go back. I get a different hat without the logo. And I go, hey, can I just exchange this? She goes, no. And I go, what? She goes, we don't do any exchanges on hats with embroidered logos. I didn't even leave the store yet. It's been 10 seconds. I haven't left the <laughs> store. The four-year-old's now run outside. He's like in the mall of traffic. And I'm like, wait a second. I j- you just swapped my card. It's been 10 seconds. I haven't left the store. And you're telling me no exchanges. She goes, no exchanges. I go, she goes, sir, it's written on the thing, 44 plus 15. I go, but this is outrageous. I said, this just happened. Okay, fine. It's my fault that I didn't check the price tag. Got that part. But I would like to exchange it. I got my $15 back, and he wants the hat without the tag. She goes, sir, yeah. there's no exchanges if there's embroidered logos. I go, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And she goes, you have no cause to get mad at me. I go, uh, who am I supposed to get mad at? Then? I go, this is ridiculous. I don't understand. I go, you're telling me I can't exchange this hat for this hat. She goes, nope. I go, you realize, and I said, I go, do you realize that I may never come here again? Like, this is how serious I'm taking this. She goes, she kind of shrugs, like, yeah, do what you got to do. And I go, well, you know what? I'm not, I don't want these cards. I think the cards returned. And she goes, okay. And I go, this is absolutely ridiculous. This is some of the worst customers I've ever had. She goes, you know what, sir? You can take these cards. I go, what? She goes, I'm not returning the cards either. <gasps> I was like, now I'm just like, smoke is coming out of my ears. And I go, and I just took the cards and I go, I think I. Surely I have a movie. This isn't the last, like, this isn't the last of it. Like, you'll, like, you'll be hearing from me, like a wagged finger. Like, okay. They're like, this is, this is not going to end like this. And then she says something like, and you're even doing this in front of your son. I go, okay, no, now you're questioning me as a father. Like, now, no, now it's on. So I go home. I tell my wife's situation. I go, I'm going to give her three days. I'm going to go back on Tuesday. I'm going to politely say, seriously, can I just exchange that? And maybe it's a different person. Because I almost yeah. pulled the, can I speak to your manager? And then she actually preemptively said, I'm the manager. I go, okay. Oh. So my wife goes, no, 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 you're not, you're not waiting three days. You're posting it now. I go, what? She goes, you're posting it on social media. She goes, take a picture yes. of the logo, the hat, the whole thing. So I post this. This is like a month ago. You can go check my timeline. But I said, this is the worst customer service I've ever received in my life. I went to Lids at Lids, purchased my son this hat. My fault. Didn't realize there was a $15 logo on the back. I tried to exchange it. They told me no exchanges. You've lost my business forever. So I post it. Now I'm getting about yes. 70% like, yeah, man, good for you. Like Lids does suck. They're horrible customer service. Like, that happened to me once. I'm getting about 30%. You're an idiot. Why would you pay for something without checking the price right. tag? Why would you hand your card without asking for the price? That's on you. That's your fault. And I'm like, again, you guys are missing the fact there's a four-year-old climbing all over the place throwing things. I did not yeah. have the luxury of just casually sitting there. I'm like, oh, there's no, it's not like a price <laughs> register, like where the price comes up. She's right. just scanning the thing. So I'm like, there's other nuances, but I get it. Like if you want to be like, you're an idiot, that's fine. But again. <laughs> We get back to the fundamental point, which was your point. You didn't leave the store yet. Like, can I, I just want to exchange this. I'm not asking for money back. I'm not asking for a refund. An exchange. An exchange to me is fair. You go to any store. I get- feel like it's not even considered an exchange if you haven't left the store yet. It's just, I'm still figuring this out what I want to buy. I haven't left the store yet. Like, it's like, it's so ridiculous. So I'm like, what's going to happen now? But a lot of people are clearly on my side getting angry. I see more and more views and stuff. And so we're up to like 470,000 views by the next day. And then Lids contacts me. And they sent a message. We're so sorry for this inconvenience. Please tell us the story. And I tell it honestly. I said, it's my fault. I didn't check the tag. But it's absurd that I couldn't exchange it. My son just wants a hat without the logo. And you know what? Yeah. Like, I, I'll take things personally. Like, I'm the type that I'm like, I'll never come to Lids again. Like, that, that's how seriously yeah. I'm taking this. And I couldn't even return the cards. I go, at that point, return the cards, she wouldn't even do that. And I go, was I annoyed? Yeah. Did I raise my voice? Sure. But I, I didn't use profanity. I didn't insult her. For her to be like, you have to right. leave the store. I go, like, that, that's just like, you know what they call Paul yeah. Bart Mall Cop on me? Like, she, she took it to a different level. They're like, we totally understand. Please send us your uh, address. We're going to take care of this. So 
<laughs> like a week later, Eagles hat without the logo. My son has the Eagles hat still with the logo. We also got, because he wanted a Yankees hat, we got a Yankees hat. We got a Knicks hat. They, 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 yes. four, they got another Eagles hat. Like, I'm like, this is unbelievable. So four free hats from Lids. And I go, you know what? No issue. I tweet out. Lids is a great company. They took care of me. And I said to my son, what's the lesson here? I said, well, I go, think about this. What's the lesson? We went to a store. We bought a hat. Something happened. Now all of a sudden we have four hats. What's the lesson? I know the lesson. I and know the he, lesson. And he, and he goes, um... They should have just exchanged it. Like they, they should. Go, no, no, no. I go. I thought you were going to say the customer is always right, but that's not the lesson. The lesson is if your dad is famous enough, he can get you free things. <laughs> that's exactly because I said if I was anybody else, this is a non-story. But they saw 114,000 Twitter followers, and they said this has to be taken care of. So, son, yeah. in life, if you're even a little not not famous, a little bit famous then things are going to go your way. When you complain become and squawk, successful. become successful in life, things are going to go your way. He's like, all right. <laughs> so thank you, Lids, for the free hats. We, we got it done. Uh, good stuff there. That's hilarious. Fly goes fly. Thank you, Lids. You rectified a wrong. Let's get to the movie, shall we? Shazam! Fury of the Gods. The film continues the story of teenage Billy Batson, who upon reciting the magic word Shazam, is transformed into his adult superhero alter ego, Shazam. Um, it's a sequel, which means it's not as good as the original, but it's got a great cast. Zachary Levy, I think, is very funny, entertaining, charming as Shazam. Rachel Zegler. I'm like, wait, the girl from West Side Story? You went from Spielberg to now appearing in a sequel when she was asked, but she goes, I needed the work. I'm not getting offered many roles. I'm going to need some work. I'm like, oh, okay. She's a very pretty girl from West Side Story. You can sing. She's showing up in Shazam. You got the rest of the cast as well coming back again, but uh, Lucy Liu, Helen Mirren just taking a paycheck. I'm like, wow. Jaiman Hunsu as well. This follows the, the, the same template, though. I, I don't know about you, Chris. The, the original Shazam, I quite enjoyed because it was a lot like the movie Big. It was, to me, it was like just an update of Big. I'm like, yeah, it's like Tom Hanks, kid turns into a superhero. This is who he is. Um, it's an updating of that. But the sequel, what's going to make it fresh? What's going to make it different? Not really. Now it's more tried and true. It's repetitive. And it was long, like two hours and 10 minutes for a sequel. Got to be a little bit tighter. And the movie yeah. didn't do particularly well. They thought it would open pretty strong. I just read an article saying that the movie opened at 30 million, which is less, like significantly less than they were hoping for. So there will not be a Sazam 3. And even the audience score, cinema score, was not particularly strong. Uh, Chris Wagner of Rolling Stone says, fun, clever smartly conceived entertainment doesn't take itself too seriously that part is true but ultimately it's not something that is better than the original and that's the biggest thing when it comes to a sequel you have to say to yourself is this better than the original like Creed 3 you can go yeah that's better than Creed 2 probably not Creed 1 but it's still worthy but most sequels they're not as good as the first one they just feel like a cash grab and unfortunately that's what happens with Shazam Bill Jibiri who I love New York Magazine slash Vulture it's competent uninspired swill undone largely by the fact it's following up a superior first movie Right. That gets to the heart of the problem. Are there many sequels that they go into it being like, this is better than the like, I feel like it's very rare that the sequel's better. Like you just want it to not screw up, like just let people leave this being like, OK, decent. I feel like that's just the goal for a sequel these days. I think so, too, especially with something like that. Like if you said to me great sequels in the history of cinema, we're talking like a handful, right? It's a like Godfather 2, Empire Strikes Back, Terminator 2, like Mad Max Fury Road. Like there's a few that are like, oh, those are uh, Aliens is a great sequel. But generally Bad speaking, Boys 2, Bad Boys 2, put it on the list. Sure. I mean. But generally speaking, these are going to be like, as you said, competent movies that don't rise above. That, unfortunately, is the case with Shazam. I'll give it two and a half Maple Leafs. The bigger issue is this. Uh, I took three of my boys after we went home. The next morning, I had to take my eldest son for wrestling, grab my keys, grab my phone. I go, oh, shoot, my wallet. My, I don't carry a wallet. It's a money clip, which I'm not crazy about because it's a little too small. Yeah. All I have in there is my, my Bank of America debit card, credit card, my CIBC, which is my Canadian debit card, another credit card, and my driver's license. That's it. Five things. 
But for some odd reason, I took a lot of cash with me yesterday, and I was so mad. I'm like, wait, because I happen to have cash. I'm like, oh, let's take a bunch of money. Like, I, I, why would I have? Normally, like you, most people, twenty bucks. That's it. But I'm like, no, I had like a hundred bucks yeah. in my thing. I go back to the movie theater, but again, movie theaters don't open till like noon. So I'm stressed out. I'm like, no, it's a car. No, I'm like, okay, it must have fallen out. I go in there. I'm like, hey, I left my money clip in here last night. Did anybody return it? I'm thinking for sure she's going to say, yeah, it's in the office. She goes, nope. I go, what? I go, let me go, just go check the theater. Yep, E5, theater two. But everything's been swept up. With me and my kids, I go, we're eating a lot of popcorn. It's very messy. I go, when somebody was sweeping up, they must have seen it. She goes, sir, there's one of three options. Either somebody else came into the theater and took it, meaning a patron. I go, seven o'clock movie, there's 10 people in here. I have a tough time thinking the nine o'clock yeah. movie had 50 people in a theater that seats 150. Like, that's pretty unlikely someone sat in my exact seat, stole it. So I'm well, thinking, did you pick a good seat? I mean, we're, we're like five rows up because the kids can't, they can't see too far, right? So I'm like, I don't think it's a really, like, it wasn't like dead middle. That's where I'm like, definitely, right. that's when I'm going to take that. But I guess it's an okay seat, close to the front. I go about the cleaners. She goes, I'll be totally honest. I can't necessarily trust the cleaners. The cleaners may have taken it. But I'm going with this option. When you're sweeping up, especially like a money clip, small, black, I didn't even notice it. it. Didn't even see it. Just literally put it in the garbage, gone. So I'm like, damn it. And she, this, this was the worst part of it. Whatever. I've lost a lot before. I've lost my cards. I'm like, we know the drill, right? Call Bank of America. Cancel your credit yeah. card. I went to the DMV today. Tried to get a new license. This was hysterical. The guy goes, uh, you can't get a new license in person. It has to be online. I go, I thought of that. I went online. And it says you have to enter a credit card. He's like, uh-huh. I go, I lost my credit card. I have to order it. I'm, I'm getting it this week. I go, so that's why I wanted to come in person, give you cash, 30 bucks, replacement driver's license. We're good to go. He's like, nothing in person. I go, you're telling me this DMV, because there's not one in New Jersey that will allow anyone access to a new driver's license, you have to go online. I go, there must be someone, sir, who does not have a, access to a computer or is not, not equipped online to do this. You're telling me that it's only online. He goes, sir, if you want a driver's license or you lose your driver's license, you have to go online in the state of New Jersey. I'm like, we're not going to have another lid situation here. No problem. But I'm just letting you know, I don't have a credit card. So how am I supposed to get a license? He goes, you'll have to wait for the credit card to come in, then apply for the license. I go, okay, how about this? What if I get stopped by a cop? Because how long does it take to get a new driver's license? He goes, it's going to take you about two to three weeks. I go, I haven't been stopped by a police officer in a while, but what if I get stopped by a cop? He's like, just explain to them the story. Hopefully they'll yeah. understand. The other thing, too, which I felt dumb at the time, if you go online, you have to put in your driver's license number. And I was like, how would I know my driver's license number? I lost my driver's license. But then someone said to me, just check your registration. That's where the driver's license number is on there. Yeah. Now, in the moment, I'd say scale one to 10, I'm at a 10 when I was that angry. Lasted about five minutes. Afterwards, my son goes, you're actually not that mad. I'm kind of surprised. I go, well, it's happened before. You call Bank of America. It's a five-minute phone call. I'll have a new debit card yeah. and credit card within a week. The other credit card's fine. My Canadian debit card I'll get when I go back to Canada. It's just the money, which is annoying. That I, 100, like, why would I carry 100 bucks for, to go to the movies? So stupid. And I said, then the driver's license is a little bit annoying. But here's the thing. I said, losing that money clip on those cards, scale of one to 10, now that I think about it, it's probably about a five or six. Like, it's annoying, but whatever. Yeah. If I lost my phone, Cody, it's a it's a hundred. Like think how oh angry. for sure. If I like to me, I go. If you lose your keys, I I, I can't go anywhere. I lose your wallet, you go. Eh, it happens. Like I'll get a new man. One. I want to watch a, a reality show called Adnan Gets Annoyed. That's like <laughs> this this episode. Like just I just like because you are someone. Even though you're a man, you're a very successful man. You, yeah. you don't want you won't you don't want to be one gotten over on you. No. Like I don't care how much I don't care how much money I have in the bank. I am getting this. $14 back from this hat. Like it is a principled thing for yes. me. You're, you're a principled man, which you have to be in order to get into these kind of things. Cause a lot of people would just brush things off like hundred bucks, no big deal. 14 extra dollars shirt, not worth the hassle. Not Adnan though. Adnan's like, something's not right here and I'm going to fix this. 
that was the biggest thing. I go, I almost want to go to the manager again. Like, like, listen, I, I know you have it. Like, just, it's okay. Just you keep the money. The hundred bucks is yours. Yeah. By the way, I've lost it before. I remember one time I was going to get an oil change. For some reason, I left my wallet there, went back to my house. Knock, knock, hour later. Guys, you forgot this. I go, oh my God. I immediately ran. I always have extra money. Like a mobster, I have extra money around the house. I go, hey, here's 20 bucks. Like, I will give you a reward. So I almost wanted to be like, hey, you, you keep, the, I, I know you took the 100 bucks. It's okay. Just give me the wallet. Like, it's okay. Keep the 100 bucks. I've also had that before where I've lost my wallet somewhere that had cash in it. And I went to like, I don't remember if it was a movie theater, somewhere where I went where I was like, do you guys have my wallet? And they did. And it was completely empty of cash. So it's like, I was like, good. Got my credit card, got my license. I'm good on that 82 bucks being gone. Like that's just, we'll charge that one to the game. Exactly. That's just the price of admission. So that's more reason I should yeah. hate Shazam because it cost me like $200 to go see that movie. But <laughs> back to the point. I mean, if you lose your, you've ever lost your phone. No, I've done the phone. I've done the wallet and, and money clip like you a few times, but I don't think I've ever actually lost my phone. I don't even know what I would do. I don't know anyone's phone. Knock number. on wood. Knock on wood. No I, I honestly I don't even know what I would do. I would just, I would lose my mind. All right. Um, as Chris said, that was a good point because those are with the 30% who are mocking me online. That's also what they're saying. Like, bro, it's 14 bucks. You can afford it. I go, no, you're missing the point. I know I can afford the $14. $59 for a hat is outrageous. You're missing the point. Man of principles. Man, of, man principles of principles is the subject heading to this podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's do a couple of old movies, and we'll do a little DiCaprio. Wag the Dog's a funny movie, man. I hadn't seen it in a long time. 25th anniversary last year. It's particularly good now that I saw that um, series which, with Miles Teller there about The Godfather. Because once I saw the offer, I go, oh, my God, I remembered. My favorite character in there is Robert Evans, of course, the famed producer of The Godfather. And I remembered in Wag the Dog, Dustin Hoffman's character is a super Hollywood producer who is basically playing Robert Evans. And at the time, he told Barry Levinson, he goes, the director, he goes, this is going to be a great inside joke. Only people in movies will know that I'm playing Robert Evans. The average person is not going to have any idea, but I'm going to do Robert Evans as the producer in this movie. He's like, sure, whatever you want. Um, the story is that shortly before an election, a spin doctor and a Hollywood producer joined efforts to fabricate a war in order to cover up a presidential sex scandal. Directed by Barry Levinson, as I mentioned, it's written by Larry Bonhart, Hillary Hankin, and most importantly, David Mamet, one of my favorite writers. Mamet's script is unbelievable. Every time he writes, his dialogue is so good. And the story starts out with Robert De Niro and now the late Anne Hesch. By the way, not included in the In Memoriam last week. How do you miss Anne Hesch? And that also reminds me, my brother had sent me this great blurb about Tom Sizemore. I forgot to mention a couple weeks ago when he passed away. He said the moment he wanted to be an actor was when he saw a Taxi Driver. He said, I must have seen Taxi Driver 11 weeks in a row. This is long before VHS and obviously DVD. He said, I would just go every single week and watch Taxi Driver. And I said, you know what? What they're doing up on that screen, I want to do someday. So RIP Tom Sizemore, uh, obviously a terrific actor. Anyways, Anne Hesch, the late Anne Hesch is with De Niro. He plays Conrad. They call him Connie. He shows up. We're going to help out the president. Okay, he goes meets Dustin Hoffman playing Stanley Mott. But again, he's playing Robert Evans. He's got the hair swept back, 
permanent. The first thing he's in a tanning cell, like a tanning bed. He's like, yeah, what do you need? Okay, sure. He's got the bathrobe and he's playing tennis. And he starts explaining, he goes, you want me to produce your war? You want me to invent a fake war to take pressure off the president having a sex scandal? He's like, yeah, that's exactly what I want you to do. So he's like, okay, we need this. We need actors and dinners. Like, no, no, we, we just need a few days. Like the election's coming up. We just need a smokescreen to distract the American public from what's happening. And as bizarre as it sounds hysterical, this is true. This is what happens, right? People just invent things to take pressure away from Clinton, Lewinsky, whatever it is. So there's one scene the guy's talking, and Hoffman goes, how close are you to the situation? Did you know? I was like, what do you want me to say? He goes, tell him uh, we're all concerned for the president. We're hoping things go well. De Niro repeats it, and Hoffman watches it. He goes, he didn't sell the line. He goes, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't sell the line. And afterwards, he's like, do you want me to, you want like a trailer? You want a trailer to me? He's like, no problem. He goes, and he's got great catchphrase. He says, this is nothing. Whatever happens, he goes, this is nothing. He's got a great recurring bit of things that happened in movies. And he goes, oh, this is nothing. He's like, I was four months into shooting this film. I found I had the rights. You know, this is nothing. So no big problem. So they start going through it. And it's, like I said, it's very satirical. Dennis Leary's good in it. Willie Nelson plays a singer. Well, obviously, Willie Nelson is a singer. But he's playing Johnny Dean. He comes up with a song called Good Old Shoe. It goes in lots of different directions. But like I said, it was very entertaining. If you like political satire, it's a really funny movie. Woody Harrelson shows up. Woody Harrelson currently in the movie Champions. He plays this just crazy guy. Like, just he's like, you know, rapist. Just a horrible person. He, and, and they're going to pretend like he has been scarred by the war. They're like, well, you know what? If you were scarred by the war, if you've seen what he's seen, you'd know what he's going through. So he shows up as Sergeant William Schumann. Um, and what I liked about the film, again, sharp political satire. It's funny. It's clever. And also quick. 92 minutes. Nice and efficient. I think it's easily one of Dustin Hoffman's funniest performances. And that's saying something because obviously this guy was in Tootsie. And uh, him and De Niro have worked together a couple of times. Also, they worked together in Sleepers which is a really good film, and they also work together in Meet the Fockers 2? Yes. I believe it was the second one. So, Little Fockers? Is that what it's called? I think it's called Little Fockers. Well, Meet the Parents and then Meet the Fockers meet the was Fockers number two. I, I, think, I think they were in Meet the Fockers together, and they clearly are having a blast together. I think those are two guys, clearly, who enjoy each other and enjoy each other's acting styles, but Wagley Dog is really funny. Uh, the other film that I wanted to watch, I did a one-two uh, De Niro double bill here, was This Boy's Life. DiCaprio, now, I know he was in Growing Pains or... Uh, Gremlins 3, Critters 3, some shit like that. But like this to me, like when I think of Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm like, no, this was his, his coming out party. The story about the relationship between a rebellious 1950s teenager and his abusive stepfather based in the memoirs of writer and literature professor Tobias Wolf. It's directed by Michael Caton Jones. It's written by Tobias Wolf and Robert Ketchell. Um, and DiCaprio's the standout. I mean, this is amazing. You're in a film with De Niro. You're going toe-to-toe. Ellen Barkin is in the film. Elisa Dushku, Chris Cooper. But DiCaprio's such a star in this movie, man. I mean, it's, it's her and Alan, him and Ellen Barkin, excuse me, and, you know, single mom living their life, traveling all over America. Okay, they make their, their next journey over the Pacific Northwest. She meets this guy and De Niro, like, oh, maybe he's the guy. And you see how DiCaprio's character changes of Toby. You know, at first he's really sweet, innocent. Then he's kind of got this tough guy swagger. He's dropping F-bombs. He's smoking cigarettes. He's got this real attitude. So De Nero's character comes in. At first, he's really sweet, charming, polite, but you can see there's an edge to him as well. And that sets up this conflict between him and Toby. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, obviously, De Niro's one of my favorite actors, but I, I'm still not solely sold on his performance. Have you seen this boy's life, Cody, or no? No. You'll watch it for next week. If When you see it, <laughs> you, you'll see De Niro, like, because, again... It's not like he's a stranger to playing tough guys. He can do that, or bad guys. But this is a very specific character, 1950s stepfather, and he's got a really strong accent. And I'm watching the movie, and I'm going, on the one hand, like, again, DiCaprio, I think, is the heart of the film. He's tremendous. Alan Barkin's good. And De Niro, at times, I'm like, no, he's definitely, like, tough guy, like, you know, belittling this kid. 
But at the same time, the accent kind of comes and goes. And it shows how an accent is so tough. Like an accent can derail you. Think of how many movies set in Boston, right? Rosilla still craps on The Departed because he didn't like the accents. Like, no, The Departed is a great movie. If you don't like Matt Damon's accent in one scene, like whatever. Like Nicholson's accent kind of comes and goes. He's like, no, the accent's bad. The movie's bad. So when I'm watching this boy's life, like De Niro's character, again, I can't, he kind of sounds like he's in Fargo. Like he kind of has that, again, he's Pacific Northwest. Like it's Seattle, yeah. Portland. But he kind of, the best is the way he pronounces hot shot. When he insults DiCaprio, he calls him hot. He's like, okay, hot shot. Okay, hot shot. Like that's what he kind of talks. Like, all right, we're kind of corny. Like, and now I'm doing it in New York. It's not like that. It's like hot shot. That's what we're gonna do today. That's what we're gonna do. Okay, hello, ladies. Nice to see you today. Like he's got that kind of corny 1950s, you know, father next door, leave it to Beaver style. So again, it's just jarring. Like De Niro's got like the Elmer Fudd jacket. He's got the hat on. You're like, wow, it's just it's just a different role for him. So as always, I give him props because he'll take roles like that, take chances. But I don't think it was entirely successful. I heard Sean Fantasy recently on Simmons' podcast rewatchables and he called it a great De Niro performance I'm like nobody loves this guy more than me I wouldn't call it a great De Niro performance I think it's a challenging one he's definitely got some moments like when him and DiCaprio going head to head there's one scene it builds up to like you know DiCaprio just lips him off and then they'd start fighting most of the movie De Niro's verbally abusive Couple times slaps him a little bit, but this thing, like they start fighting. Like I'm like, I couldn't imagine being on that set. If you're Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro is gonna slap me and we're gonna start fighting. And like it looks intense. Cause think about for you, I'm sure you have a great relationship with your parents, but there have been moments that like someone's pissing off, aunt, uncle, grandfather, somebody, and you're like, you know what? Yeah. I'd like to sock this guy. And like you can tell <laughs> that moment in De Niro's like and De Niro's eyes one, like, hey, this kid's been pushing my buttons. And DiCaprio, like, all right, asshole, like you you pushed the wrong button, like we're gonna go. And I I tell you, the intensity of that is really well done. When when you think of movies about adolescence, this boy's life stands up to me. Who's got the worst accent in The Departed? Is it Martin Sheen? Yeah, Marty Sheen's isn't great. I mean, Nicholson, I think, is the one that could say, I got For Christ's sakes, be smart. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> I mean, Wahlberg's accent's the best one because he kind of mimics that yeah. fart that once. He's like, yeah, what's wrong? You don't know any fucking Shakespeare? Yeah, Where's I, your mother? She's with my father. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I actually, she's you know, busy somebody, bleeping my father. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought Baldwin was great. I like Baldwin's accent. He, he's definitely putting yeah. it on. DiCaprio's is fine. Damon, like they're both, they're all doing the same thing, like dropping the R. I guess it's Damon and Sheen that were critis- critical of a little. Those were ones are kind of like, yeah, it wasn't great. A um, couple of blurbs here on Wag the Dog. Uh, Owen Gladberg, one of my favorite critics. A very classy act of nose thumbing. Marjorie Baumgarten, Austin Chronicle. As a cautionary tale, Wag the Dog may find itself somewhat in the position of preaching to the converted, but the pews will radiate with sounds of laughter. And Mike Clark of USA Today, with this cast, Dog could use a much bigger bite. And Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune, a bright idea well realized by director Barry Levinson. Again, I just think it's sharp political comedy, especially in this day and age where everything is so polarized. It was really, really funny and uh, kind of just showed the uh, the entertainment factor of that. This Boy's Life, a couple here blurbs for you. Richard Corliss of Time Magazine. Something more subtle is going on in Wolf's book, a confrontation with a richer, quirkier past and his emerging self that the movie too often brushes aside. Jonathan Rosenbaum, Chicago Reader. The leads work overtime to make their characters and their relationships pungent, believable, and moving. And Angie Arrigo of Umpire Magazine, I think this is the best blurb. A young DiCaprio steals the show in this tale of learning how to be a man with a sly De Niro also giving a good performance with a plot that drags on too long. Fair point, but ultimately, I will give Shazam two and a half Maple Leafs. I'm giving Wag the Dog three and a half Maple Leafs, and I will give This Boy's Life three Maple Leafs. Again, This Boy's Life, 30th anniversary this year. If you're a DiCaprio fan, you've got to see it, and Wag the Dog, very, very timely. Uh, before we close up shop, we want to do this for fun, our wild card. Top five Leonardo DiCaprio movies. This is incredibly challenging. He's one of my favorite actors for many reasons, but one of the reasons I love him is this. He's never been a guy showing up in a Marvel movie, right? One thing about DiCaprio, he is in it for the movie. He basically is like, I'm going to work with Scorsese, 
as much as I can till he dies. I'm his modern day De Niro. And then I'll pick and choose. Like I'll, I'll work with Adam McKay on like a big, you know, movie that I care about, environmentalism. Tarantino. Like I'll work with Tarantino. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna only work with like A-list directors. That's my thing. I'm not doing Shazam. Like I'm 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 gonna do the stuff that's oh I mean, he would get What's the closest months. thing? What's the closest thing to that in Leo's career? I'm looking at his movies and you're right, there's not a single one. Like there's not one that you're like, was Great Gatsby kinda like taking the payday? No, I, I think even that one you're like you want to work with Baz Luhrmann, you know, it's it's yeah. a great author. But you're right. Every every and by the way, I'm not criticizing every actor's got at least one you go, I'm gonna take the paycheck. Billy Bob Thornton was in like the Bad News Bears remake, and I'm like, okay, right. this isn't exactly sling blade, but he's like, Yeah, it's an easy paycheck. I work with Richard Link later, it's funny no good. DiCaprio never does it. There's not one way you go, he was taking a paycheck. No. He yeah. works with Spielberg. Like He works with like the best directors. Like That's what I'm going to do. I'll work with the best directors and that's it. So uh, that brings to mind the, the, the bigger issue. Top five DiCaprio movies. And again, this is our personal favorite. So you don't have to include Titanic. I know it's a huge movie, but it's not what me and Chris Cody want to go see. Unless Titanic right. is in your top five. Go ahead. It might have been. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have six here. I, I couldn't. I couldn't come up with five. I was like, I'm th- my top six. I can't. And Titanic is one of them. Okay. I had to do it because it's just nostalgia for sure. me. But I guess of of these, I would take maybe that one out. It, maybe maybe Titanic's the money if there is one. Yeah. Maybe Titanic is that one that's like James Cameron. Not exactly more big films than. You know, yeah, blockbuster movie rather than an artistic film. But that was what kind of got him his, his. No, not really. He got he was got to start before. Was was Titanic the first like major blockbuster? I mean, listen, he was on the rise, but that took him to a new level. Like then he became an international yeah. stud. So you want mine? I want yours, man. How about like you do yours, and I'll like tell you what's different from mine? Because I feel like ev- I feel like everybody has around the same top five. I feel like his, it's pretty consent. I'm, I'm gonna bet yeah. you're gonna do your top five. I bet four of them are in my top. Like I bet you we agree on the four. The no brainer number one, Wolf of Wall Street. I think it's 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 his best performance. It's no holds barred. Go for broke. He's absolutely having a blast. He clearly adores Scorsese. He clearly said to Marty, I want to do my version of Goodfellas with you. Marty's like, all right, let's do it. We'll make it a bunch, rather than Italian-American gangsters. We'll do a bunch of rich white guys in uh, stockbrokers. Jonah Hill, great. Like everything about DiCaprio's performance in that, a go for broke, tour de force performance. The fact he's like got a candle up his ass. The fact he's, you know, high on quaaludes. Like he's naked with Margot Robbie. Like he's, he's just letting it all hang out. Like it is a ferocious That was number two. That was number two for me, by the way. Okay, Wolf good. Wall so, Street. I think Wolf. Like, I don't think. I don't know if he'll ever make a. He'll make better movies, perhaps, but that I don't think he'll ever have a better performance. To me, that's that's the capture of his apex is Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know if I'm just going to order, but Aviator, I'll go at number two. Again, Aviator biopic Howard Hughes. Again, working with Scorsese, this shows a lot of his range, I thought. It shows his charm, it shows his talent, his romantic side, but also the dark side. The fact this guy's dealing with OCD, he's obsessive-compulsive, you know, he's battling all these demons inside. And the way, the way he showcases that mental anguish and, you know, the chemistry he has with Kate Blanchett. To me, the aviator is fantastic. You don't have the aviator in your top five. I do not have the aviator in my top five. Let me just give, let me route through mine. Like, people don't, didn't come here for mine. Number six... Revolutionary Road. I was about to Number say, I'm, I'm thrilled you included it. Okay, good. I love that. Like, just two great performances. A little heartbreaking movie, but I love that film. Number five, Catch you, Catch Me If You Can. Just the way Tom Hanks and Leo play off each other. That's great. Number four, I put Titanic in there. Number three, The Departed. We talked about that one. Number two for me was Wolf of Wall Street. And number one for me, well, the best performance of my lifetime, a single performance, Django Unchained. Wow. Him and Django, for me, is number one. I, I That scene in the kitchen, you know, we're having white cake and, like, the so 
heavy, so tough to watch, but just great acting from Leo in that in Yeah, that movie. he's amazing in that movie. There's no question about it. I'm in Tarantino together. Watch out. Uh, I'm impressed you did not go Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in your top five. No. I like it. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Too. I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> You'll see it by next week. It's going to happen at some point. <laughs> Um, so I'm with you. Listen, Wolf of Wall Street, one, no doubt about it. Aviator had it number two. Number three, I'm going to go with The Departed. Again, I think it's a great performance. Again, shows that gritty edge to him, that anguish. I mean, I just think it's an amazing movie. The film won Best Director, won Marty the Best Director. You know, the, the scenes where he's got, as I said, that internal turmoil. I don't know if anyone does that better than DiCaprio, where he's just torn between two sides, right? He's he's in love with Vera Farmiga. He's trying to prove that he's one way, but he's actually another way, right? He is he is who he is, which is a criminal, but he's trying to pretend he's not one because he's actually a cop. So like, it's, I just think... DiCaprio does all yeah. those different levels so particularly strong. That'd be at number three. Now, Revolutionary Road, I have at number four. I'm thrilled that you have it. I, I mean, that to me is just a devastating drama. I mean, again, yeah. showcases his skill as an actor. He's just so ingrained. Him and Kate Winslet, again, you think of him and Kate Winslet, you're thinking of, uh, obviously, of Titanic. But I thought the way that they were able to have that kind of yeah. emotion together and the romance, I mean, it, it's a devastating movie. I mean, I, I remember watching the theater being like, woof. Like, after Gina, yes. take a little break. And again, the great Michael Shannon, I interviewed him. We did discuss Michael Shannon, Revolutionary Road. Michael Shannon was nominated for an Academy Award for that performance. He's got a good story about that. Um, that was my fourth, right? Hang on a second. I had Wolf of Wall Street at one. Two, I had The Aviator. Three was Departed. Four was Revolutionary Road. Five was Django Unchained. That's right. Django, I'm with you. Again, he's not the lead performance, but the way he comes up, that scene at the dinner table, Oof. there is such ferocity and such rage Oof. there. I'm like, my God. This guy, when he dials it up, forget about it. And again, Gangs of New York, one of my favorite movies, but I don't think it's a great Leo performance. I think Daniel Day-Lewis is the heart of that movie and is tremendous. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, again, Brad Pitt wins the Academy Award. Leo's in it. He's very good, but not his best. The Revenant, he won an Oscar for... But again, I, I wasn't blown away by it. I just thought it was like two hours of torture porn. Like, he's just getting his ass kicked. Of course, that great scene with the bear. My brother's a huge fan of Shutter Island. He'd have that definitely in his top five. Again, I like Shutter before. Island. Shutter Island is in there, is in the conversation for me. I, I know people crap on that movie, but I enjoy, I'm like your brother. I enjoyed that movie. Yeah, a lot of people crap on it. Like, a Latter-day Scorsese movies, that one probably gets criticized the most. But I'm with you. It definitely has its moments. Uh, and I would also include This Boy's Life, obviously. As I discussed it, I would give an honorable mention. I'm glad you included uh, Catch Me If You Can. That one kind of shows his comic side, right? Led on his feet. Very charming. Yeah. Hanks wasn't great. Hanks's accent wasn't really good in that movie, but he was in there. And of course, my wife would include Romeo and Juliet. She loves that movie. Biggest miss. I got one for you. Nominated. Here he goes. Blood no, I'm just saying my nomination for biggest flop of his career, Jay Edgar. Now that's a bad movie. And that was surprising. <laughs> it's Clint Eastwood. It's a, now, I'm, now I'm curious if you actually saw Jay Edgar or you just know it wasn't well reviewed. I just knew it wasn't. I just knew it got crushed. <laughs> I had to sniff it out on Cody. I go, there's no way he actually sat. Like, I sat through Jay Edgar. There's no way Cody watched it. But you are right. That is probably the biggest bomb of his career. Once again, Chris Cody coming through. Uh, honorable mentions. I'm sure we'll get some votes for The Beach, uh, Man in the Iron Mask, Marvin's Room. What's eating Gilbert Grape is a great DiCaprio performance. Playing a mentally ill kid. He's really good in that. The guy's always great. Except for, as you mentioned, Jay Edgar. Thanks for checking out Cinephile. As always, we appreciate all of you. Uh, go to Cinephile Pod and uh, always tweet me in your comments. Go to Apple podcast subscribe rate and review again movies coming up in the next couple of weeks john wick four dungeons and dragons and guests like michael shannon keep it locked right here i'll see you at the movies Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. 
Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.